What is up? Today is Thanksgiving Thursday. Bringing this episode a little bit later to you because I was working yesterday and I don't have a day off this week except for Thanksgiving Day. So with that being said, <clears throat> I want to greet everybody. Thanks for joining along and listening. Um, this episode, today's episode, I think number six. So there's five more episodes you need to listen to if you're going to get started in the car business. All right. So this episode number six is going to be about uh, probably a five part series. Depends on how I want to break it up. Depends on who wants to believe that there's either five or six or uh, 10 or 12 different steps to the sale, 11. I was doing some research online. I just, you think you've been in the car business so long, you know which steps there are and what steps you should do. So you sometimes forget the actual name and number of the steps. But um, I'm going to go with probably 11 steps to the sale and I'll kind of go through them each uh, very slowly. But like I said, it's going to be a five part probably series. So today we're going to talk about the meet and greet and um, the needs assessment. So before we get started, uh, I changed up my Facebook name. So if you listen to the previous episodes and you couldn't find me on uh, Facebook, um, it's Tony Story. And if you're looking for me on Instagram, it's at TNT Dad. 2728 at TNT Dad 2728, or you can look me up by Tony Story. The very last place you can probably find me is LinkedIn, um, Tony Story. I'm not huge on Twitter, I don't know how to tweet very well. So, those are the three places you can find me if you want to hook, with me, hook up with me on the social media pa- platform. If you do have any questions for me, don't hesitate to DM me, um, private message me, whatever it is, however you want to communicate with me. That way, we can uh, talk and chat a little bit. So, moving on, um, the first two steps we're going to talk about today are going to be the meet and, greet, meet and greet and needs assessment. So, we've gotten up to the point to where you started at the dealership, you started working there, um, and I'll tell you more about you know shadowing later on, um, and that's one of the key things you need to do if you're going to sit there and practice, if you're, sit there, if you're going to sit there and actually do the 10, 11, or 12 steps of the sale, um, those are the, you need to shadow somebody, you need to follow somebody, follow somebody that uses the process process perfectly also the dealership that you go work at or that you are working at they need to clearly define on which way they want you to sell the car or what the steps to the sale are to them too Um, but i'm going to kind of go over what i think it is and and what's required Um, the other thing is find out certain things about the meet and greet they have certain distinguishments um accomplishments within the dealership if they've been a president's award winner if they've been a chamber of commerce rotary club whatever it may be Learn what it is about that dealership that will stand out above and uh, beyond the rest. Um, so let's get started. In. So the first one is going to be the meet and greet. I'm not going to tell you too much about you know what you need to do right or wrong. Um, there's all all sorts of videos on you know looking somebody in the eye and shaking their hand, super strong and all that good stuff. But I will tell you this: when you are sitting out on the point and you are meeting somebody brand new for the first time which I don't recommend, I always recommend using the CRM and doing data mining or using your own sort of uh, internal advertising for yourself. But if you are on a busy day, which is a Sunday or a Saturday or a Friday in the car business, and you are going to meet and greet somebody new into the dealership, you will need to do an, an, a, a real meet and greet. And so what I mean by that is, is whenever I used to work for uh, my first dealership, we had a script and it was like, Hey, how are you doing today? My name's Tony Story. Um, are you here to see one of our sales sales associates today, or did you have an appointment with one of our sales associates? And the reason why you said that is because why? 
You do not want to skate somebody in the car business. It's bad karma. It's bad business. And if it's allowed at the dealership you're at, it's bad culture. So when you do the initial meet and greet, you need to say, are you here to see a, a sales associate or do you have an appointment with a sales associate? And that will get a lot of issues out of the way. Now, if they do say yes, make sure you find out who they are. If they don't remember who they are, make sure you go look it up in the um, database, um, whatever y'all use. So if they say no, one thing is, is a lot of managers will tell you that you need to get the customer in the dealership 100% of the time. I completely agree with that. But there's those off people that you will never get inside the dealership. They're going to be hard-headed. You know, they watch the YouTube video or they watch some sort of video saying, don't go in the dealership. So the reason why you want to get somebody in the dealership and you do your meet and greet and you do your initial, hey, my, my name is Tony Story. I'm uh, at Fred Haas Twitter World or Fred Haas Twitter World or, or whatever dealership you may work for. Are you here to see something? No. Okay, well, let me tell you something a little bit about our dealership here and our rich history and why we're going to be the best uh, place for you to purchase a vehicle from. And, you know, go into the story. Hey, we're the number one Toyota dealership in the state of Texas. We sell more tundras than anybody. We're a real family type business. Um, we do have an open bar for um, just regular sodas and coffee. So we have a coffee bar that you can go drink from. We also have a vending machine upstairs. Just make it where for that person, what's so great about your dealership? And then at that point in time, I always sit there and say, hey, real quick, this lot that, that we're on, if you work at a bigger dealership, um, it's massive. There's tons of inventory. We can sit out here and walk it all day. But I can tell you one thing, I know this inventory better than anybody, uh, any salesperson that we have here. And what I can do is bring you inside, we can do a quick needs assessment, just see what you're looking for. I'll go pull that vehicle up with air conditioning running, heater running, whatever it may be, and I'll pull that vehicle up for you and I'll um, go over all the uh, cool features about it that best fit your needs. And that's what you do. You do that simple step right there, it will save you tons of time and tons of headache of letting the customer control you. Now, I'm not saying use this as a, as a manipulation tool, but when you take a customer on a lot and you do not bring them inside, guess what you've just done? Anybody? Anybody. Okay. So what happens is, is if anybody's ever had kids, which I have two of them myself, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, um, if you take them into a candy store, what's going to happen? They're going to grab every candy possible that you've ever seen. They're going to want every candy possible. Well, the same thing happens. It's, it's fantastic to watch. When you are an adult, you get inside certain stores. It's like a candy store to you, and you keep on looking around. I know um, most men, if you take them to a Home Depot or a Lowe's, they need every power tool equipment you could ever imagine possible. They don't need it, but they want it. So at the end of the day, it's the same thing on the car, on the car business. So if you have somebody that has challenged credit, and they want to sit there and walk around the lot, or if you, you've just let them walk around the lot, what's going to happen is, is they need to be on something that is going to require rebate and stuff like that in order to get them into a car. But if you take them out there and you look at a truck for the very first thing and then they, they start drooling over it, you have no chance of getting that customer into the right vehicle, and it's going to be hard from that point forward. Um, and they think that they control you at that point, whereas that person that has challenged credit needs to be guided into the right vehicle. I know I've done this over the years where I've had challenge credit customers and I've got them into the right vehicle and later on down the road, we were able to upgrade and get their credit back in line. But you need to do the, the initial meet and greet and get them into the dealership. And the reason why you want to get them into the dealership 
is because you want to take them out of that candy store of cars that they're about to go look at. And the other thing is you can always narrow down their car. Uh, you eliminate, for instance, <laughs> everybody that's been in the car business is listening to this. How many times have you had a customer that has said, hey, you know, I want to test drive this car. Once they get out there into the candy store, they're going to sit there and walk up to this car. You'll run inside, go get the key. Next thing you know, they're going to want the, uh, to drive this car next. And it just becomes a plethora of cars that you want to drive. So what happens at that point in time when you do not do the meet and greet and you all you do is you go out there and look at cars, you wear yourself out or you are going to cause the customer to get worn out and you're just going to be test driving for an hour and a half where at that point in time, you don't need to test drive for an hour and a half. You need to bring them inside, do a, do a quick needs assessment uh, with the meet and greet and get them inside. Um, make sure you introdu introduce yourself properly. Now, there's a couple of different techniques that you can use um, that you can try to memorize their name. I'm not the best at memorizing names, so I'm not going to tell you the 100% the, the way. But I usually try to say their name about five times in my head when I say hi to them. At least their first name. Um, if there is a wife or whatnot or a spouse, whether, you know, couples, you know, if, if you have two, uh, uh, two men in a couple or, or two women in a couple, always introduce yourself to both of them. And make sure you learn both who the uh, spouse and the uh, other person is. That way you can get to know them and you feel like um, that you can say their names whenever it comes time to talk to them later on. Because one of the key things about being in sales is when you say somebody's name back to them or you say their name uh, after it's been about five minutes, what it does is it gives them, man, this, this person really listened to me. They, they remember, remember my name. And they typically feel bad for not knowing or remembering your name. So make sure you do make sure you do introduce yourself. Also, when you do introduce yourself, um, you can look at it both ways. You know, sometimes I like to introduce myself to the buyer, whether it be the man or the woman. Um, but sometimes I like to compliment myself to the person that is there just for um, the sake of being there, whether it be, like I said, once again, the man or the woman. And make them feel like they're part of the process the whole entire time. Because when you're just talking to who you think the buyer might be, the person next to them probably is going to be the buyer. They're just not going to say all the things that the person that's talking to you is. So for instance, in a husband and wife relationship, the husband might act as if he's the buyer, but the wife is going to be the one that's going to be talking, you know, things into his ear and telling him, I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, I don't like this about the salesman. I don't like this about the car. So make sure you make both of them feel involved. And over time, you know, through interviews of other people and, and stuff like that, I'll teach you different techniques of how to find out who the buyer is and to find out what those hot buttons are, okay? Another thing is get them inside the dealership. I know I'm in Texas and during the summer, it is extremely hot. So when I used to work on uh, work at the Ford dealership and I was selling cars, it was extremely hot. I mean, just asphalt sitting at 105 degrees you do not want to be out at that lot. You're going to wear shoes out like crazy. Um, real quick side note, make sure you get nice shoes too. Um, I have some Cole Hans. I highly suggest those. They're the Zero Guard. They look kind of like tennis shoes, but they're real nice dress shoes. I highly recommend those. But get, get a nice pair of uh, uh, dress shoes. So back to the thing. Back to uh, the meet and greet. So when you get them inside the dealership, you take them out of the open environment not only like i said you're a kid in the candy store but you take them out from outside from where whether whether it's going to be hot cold rainy so on and so forth once you bring them inside you now control them in the process of buying the car 
Um, and however you want to do it, I've seen a couple different ways. I'll tell you one technique I use. You know, I do the initial meet and greet. I sit there and say what I need to say. I say, hey, look, I know this, this inventory better than anybody else. And then when I get done, I turn around and I start walking towards the dealership. Um, now, those of you that haven't been in the car business that are listening to this that have ever bought a car, most sales, whether it be car sales, furniture sales, or whatnot, people are sheep. They'll listen to you. They'll do what you tell them to do, not unless they just have a strong A-type personality. But when you say, hey, why don't you follow me in, or how about you follow me into the dealership and you turn around and you start walking, people will, like sheep will then follow you into the dealership and uh, take you inside, follow you inside. Once you arrive into the dealership, um, the meet and greet is going to consist of another meet and greet too, which is going to be with your manager. But at the end of the day, show them the different areas of the dealership, whether it be service, whether it be the quick length, whether it be the uh, food bar, the restaurant little bar that you have food at, because if they get hungry later on and it's around lunchtime, they don't need to leave the dealership. They can stay there and eat some food. Um, show them where service is. Show them where all the little parts of the dealership is. Um, point to them. Don't take, it, take them to them yet. Do that once the uh, purchase is made. Get them inside, whether, you be in a, whether you're gonna be in a cubicle or open space, make sure you have a go-to place where you like to sit to. Make sure you find the comfort zone of where you wanna be. I know when I was at uh, the Ford dealership, there was, one, there was a couple of desks that I like to just necessarily be at. I don't like to bring people into my office. I think it's very confined. Um, I think it's very impersonal. When you sit there and you have an open floor where you have tons of desks, uh, the one good thing about it is, is people like to do what, uh, what other people do. So if you have 10 car deals going down, um, those other people are going to be want to be a part of that sale too. So um, naturally, people are going to want to be like everybody else. So where this person's buying a car, this other person's going to want to buy a car. It's all about psychology and stuff like that. So, But if you do have an office, you can do whatever you want. If you like to bring them in your office and you feel more comfort, comfortable there and that's your go-to place, you're more than welcome to do that. But my high, my high, my highly, my high recommendation is to keep them on the showroom floor when you do have a busy day and you do have everybody buying cars. So now that you've done the initial meet and greet, um, what I used to like to do when I was a salesperson to break up that little bit of time is I would go get my guest sheet. Um, and I highly recommend that you have a guest sheet or a notepad if the dealership doesn't provide guest sheets, but have a notepad of what's going on so you can kind of do a needs assessment. And that's going to be the next step here in just a second. So go up to the sales tower, grab the manager that's on shift, if a new car manager can. If not, grab a finance manager, a GM, aftermarket manager. Grab one of the top salesmen of the dealership and say, hey, I got a brand new customer. I just want you to come out and meet them. Introduce yourself as either the manager or whatnot. And just, you know, if a manager's been at a car dealership for a little while, they know what to do. They know to come out there and say hi, so on and so forth. Because when you do that, it gets the customer thinking, hey, they've already brought the manager out to see me. This is cool. You know, they have that direct line of communication. So later on at the end of the, uh, when you're getting towards the negotiations or you're getting towards the um, uh, pencils or where you're working the deal, um, it's not going to be, hey, that guy in the sales tower. It's going to be, hey, John, the guy, that, the manager, you mind if he comes out here and talks to me? You make it more personable to them. You make uh, everybody at the dealership dealerships seem like they're normal people. I've known that some places where the manager's in the background and everybody's so scared to talk to them or you create that um, that controversy that doesn't need to be created there. So make sure you do that. Get the manager out there and have them say hi. Um, like I said, it does not have to be a necessary new car manager. They can always grab um, a floor manager, however the your location is set up. 
used car director, GM, whatever it may be, just get them out there and get them to say hi to the customer. Get them to introduce them to, uh, to your customer. That way they get involved in the buying process. One key thing though is you have to remember is give the manager some insight as to what they're looking for. Don't go up to the sales tower and go, hey, I got this customer. Because they're going to be like, okay, what are they looking at? And if you know nothing, you didn't do a good job when you did the initial meet and greet. Um, so when I do the meet and greet, I like to get, a li- get to know a little bit about them. Say, hey, what are you doing here? Is there something particular you're looking for? I get to like to know what they do for a living, so on and so forth. So, um, And I'll, I'll get to more of that into the meet and greet. Um, now, with some customers, not the meet and greet, but the uh, needs assessment. So what some salespeople do is they like to do the needs assessment first uh, before they get the manager to come out and meet or take them for a test drive. And one good reason behind that is too, is if you do that needs assessment, the customer will, um, you'll have a lot of information, that fact finding that you've done in order to have that manager do a proper TO. So you could do it either way, just however you want to. Uh, sometimes due to time constraints, you might wanna have the manager come out early, but it, it's really up to you at that point. Um, so. All right, let's go into the needs assessment. So most pieces of paper need to have a first name, last name, um, and a phone number and email address, and also get a physical address. The reason why you wanna get a physical address or a driver's license is everything's gonna be printed out for you, typed out for you, so you can put them into your database, uh, your CRM. So whether it be the uh, system that you use, like eLeads, VIN Solutions, whatever, whatnot, you need all that information to put into the system. Now, I know a lot of customers are scared to ask for an email address, but the one way I like to get an email address is saying, hey, you know, Mr. Customer, uh, what's your email address? And if they don't want to give it to me, say, hey, look, the only reason I want your email address is for, for any odd reason we don't make a purchase today, or if we do make a purchase today, uh, we'd like to follow up with you later on for different service uh, sales, um, you know, recalls, so on and so forth. At any point in time, when you get these emails, you can also unsus- unsubscribe from them. Um, so the only reason I need it is just, you know, keep up with you if we don't uh, make a purchase today or if you want to have some um, emails due to the service side of it. And most of the time, they're pretty cool with that. They'll give you the email address at that point in time. Also, if you want to get their cell phone number, most people won't have a home phone number anymore. So make sure you get a cell phone number. Get a cell phone number of the person, um, whether it be the husband or wife. Make sure you get both cell phone numbers. Also, try to get a work phone number. And the reason why you want to do that, you want to have different points of contact for the customer. Not to be annoying or anything like that, but you want to have uh, different ways to get a hold of them. When you do get their cell phone number, um, if they're at the dealership and if your CRM allows you to use text messaging, you want to get them to opt into text, mes- text messaging at the dealership right then and there. That way you have a clear line of communication. Um, due to d- different laws and regulations, um, you're eventually going to have to use your database in order to text out of. So make sure you're very privy to, privy to the laws of your state. But texting your, from your cell phone number, your home, your cell is going to be um, very restricted later on in life. So just make sure you use that system. So for, uh, make sure you text them right away. All right. So now we're going to get, we've gotten all that information. Um, now here's a little trick though. If you have forgotten their name, um, what I typically do sometimes to get their first and last name doesn't always work out, especially if they have a very simple name like Tony or John or whatever whatever it may be. But sometimes like, hey, how do I spell your first and last name again? And um, what that does is it allows them to give you the first and last name um, and you don't look near as stupid saying, hey, I forgot your first and last name. So um, you can use that little trick. And the other thing is, is when they're telling you about their uh, subdivision or their house or where they live, ask where that's at. The reason why you want to do that, I always told my customers, 
man, that's a, that's a nice subdivision or that's a nice place. Um, I would eventually like to move into that area. Where, where would I have to be in order to do that? And um, with that being said, it kind of opens up the rapport building. So one of the cool things is, is I like to use form. And what form is, is it's family, occupation, recreation, and motivation. And what that does is it allows you to get to know the little things about the customer of what, what is going to be their hot buttons or the reason why they're buying, uh, buying today. So form, how we use, like to use the family is um, one of the cool things about being the family portion of it is what is it that they are there for if they're fair, there for family reasons? You know, if they're going to have a baby on the way or if they just uh, became empty nesters or if they're on baby number three and they're in a small SUV, now they need a larger SUV. Um, so with that being said, you know, get to know that about them. Um, family, uh, the family, are they a big family, small family? Are they a diverse family? Um, what is it about their family that they love? How many kids do they have? What are the ages of the kids? Certain things that you can find that you can relate on that level with the customer. Because the more the customer gets to know you and gets to um, know, believe that they're more like, you're more like them than what they initially thought, their guards go down and they become easier to talk to. You know, you, you start speaking their language versus sales, buy, buy, buy. So um, it helps get the guard down. The occupation. One of the cool things about the occupation is that could also be another motivating factor. Did they just get a raise at their job? Did they just move from one job to the next and they are going to be traveling a lot more? You know, find out what it is that they do for a living. Um, and the reason why you want to do that is, is because you also want to um, uh, elevate or lift up what that occupation might be. One of the coolest things that I thought um, I did when I was selling cars is whenever I did the occupation thing, I'd always ask to know what that occupation was. Um, and the reason why is because there's certain occupations out there. Um, I think all occupations are interesting, but there's certain occupations that you've never heard of before. And what people typically love to do, 99% uh, of the society, they love to talk about themselves. Now, my statistics, my statistics aren't based on anything. I'm just making them up as I go. But with that being said, the thing is, people love to talk about themselves, what they do for a living, what's so interesting about their job. Um, you know, the other thing is, is on the family side, they love to talk about their kids. They love to talk about their, their family. They love to talk about their achievements, what their kids did, you know, whether they play football, basketball, um, they're the lead dancer and some kind of um, musical. I, I don't know. They just love to talk about themselves. Um, the other day, I had a customer that came in and asked him what he did for a living, and he took stenography, which is what lawyers do. I think that's the right word. And he take, took their, their, their shorthand and it would transfer into the long word and anyway, so on and so forth. But he actually loved talking about it. So make sure you're, you're getting them to open up about themselves. Um, and the occupation is a key thing too for later on. So when you're going to negotiate the set, the, the purchase, you know what their occupation, the reason why they need to buy a car. The other thing is recreation. What is it about the recreation, their free time that they like to do? So... In some instances, they're diehard football fans and they like to go to the football games. They like to travel, they like to travel in style. Um, or they like to go hunting or they like to go fishing or they like to go um, uh, down to the local park and you know just stay the night there. They go to the National, their national Reservation Park and they like to just stay out there. And, and the reason why you want to ask what the recreation is, is you might find some things that might be in common with that, sales per, or that customer too. 
So when you get to know that customer and you know what the recreation is, um, you know, the funniest thing is, is whenever I did sell cars and still to this day, I still have some of my, my customers that have become friends over time. We go do recreation events together or we've done recreation events together. So, you know, whether it be a car show um, or a thing for your kids, um, it's one of those things where you need to know and, and learn what they do for fun um, because that's another key tool when you're com coming to negotiate the uh, sales or it's another key tool when you're showing them the vehicle and they need to, ha they need to have more room because they like to go camping or they need to have more room because they like to take their kids you know, to uh, skating events, whatever, so on and so forth. Just get to know what it is that they do for fun. Um, the other thing is, is motivation. What's their motivation today for buying a car? Um, is it they're having another kid, um, midlife crisis, uh, becoming empty nesters, just got a pay raise, um, they just went through a divorce, um, they've, they're on their last straw with getting their engine fixed, um, just certain things, find out what it is, find out what that emotional hot button is that is getting them out of buying their car and wanting to buy a new car today. Um, and find out what that is and remember that. Now that you used all these things, don't use them as their, your tools up front. So I know some people will be like, yeah, you might want to get a new car because your engine's dying. Say, man, that really, you know, that's one of those things, you know, it's a good, it's a great time that you're here right now. Don't rub it in, you know, let them make them feel like they're making the best decision today to come see you based on the form or the family occupation, recreation, motivation, the things that you've asked them at that certain point or time. Make sure you, you are being sympathetic or you're empathetic, whether you know, you've know you been through that situation or whether uh, you're empathetic with them. Uh, like the credit issue, that's another thing. It's another motivating factor. When people have you know either went through bankruptcy or they've had bad credit in the past and now they don't know what to do, you have to be empathetic or sympathetic to that customer in order to get them to um, like you. Uh, never use manipulation, but make sure the customer feels like you like them. Like, like not like them, wrong word to use. You wanna like them, but make sure they wanna, they, that they believe that you're on their side. Um, and that way they'll feel more happy with the purchase later on. Because people don't buy cars, people buy people. People buy from people, they don't buy cars. So um, there are certain cars that people just buy out there just because they buy, but um, other than that, um, people buy from people. So you need to be that person that that customer wants to buy a car from. So now that you've done that, you've done the meet and greet, you've done the family occupation, recreation and motivation, um, you wanna find out what kind of car they're looking for. The way I start every purchase out or every car out is I start at the very bottom. So what I mean by that is, is if you are looking at a Ford Fusion, a Dodge Ram, a um, Porsche, an Audi, whatever it may be, always start on the lowest level of the car they're looking at. Um, the reason why is because if you start out at the highest level and that car is out of their budget, it's hard to bring somebody back down from cloud nine. Um, they will naturally bump themselves up and you'll see it as they start talking. And the reason why, another thing is, is you also want to look at the car that they're trading in too, if they are trading a car, but people will naturally bump themselves up for you and you won't have to do it. Um, and you'll ask simple questions. So this is the way I like to do it. If you have a pen and paper, bring it out, write it down. So the first thing I typically ask is, um, you know, what are we looking at today? And if you know, I'm looking for an SUV, large, small, or medium. And based on the manufacturer you work for, you can find out what it is. And then at that point in time, you know, say, hey, um, are you specific on your color? Do you like lighter colors or dark colors? Um, and typically they'll tell you right away whether they're very color specific. 
If not, you know, hey, I like darker colors. Okay, gray, black, um, brown. What are the specific colors? If you had to put them in order from the first, second, third, which would that be? And then another thing is on the interior, do you like cloth or leather? Or do you prefer cloth or leather? Now, 99% of the time, your, your customer's going to say, I prefer leather. Or not 99, but probably about 75% of the time. But, you know, make sure you find out, you know, what it is they prefer, darker leather or lighter leather. And, you know, make sure you come up with different ways to overcome those objections. If you only have that one color leather that they want, you have to learn how to overcome those objections. And the other thing is, the one thing I like to ask to make them feel kind of like whether you're selling a, um, a Kia or a Porsche, you know, I like to sit there and say, what are the amenities you want in this vehicle? And the reason why you say amenities to me, or not just features, um, if people don't know what amenities are, you can kind of say, hey, that, that cool stuff that you get, you know, navigation, um, air-conditioned seats, um, sunroof, make sure you find out what those amenities are that the customer wants. Um, you might disagree with me, but I think amenities is a great word to use because it's like if you go to um, work at a hotel, or not a hotel, you go look at a hotel, or you go look at a, an apartment, you want to know what the, amenity, the amenities are of that location. So make sure you're asking them, what amenities are you looking for in your vehicle? Okay, so now that we've done that, we're going to move on to um, finding out what car they want. And then say, hey, today, um, are you looking to replace a car or add a vehicle, add a vehicle to your uh, fleet? And the reason why you say that is you want to know if there's going to be a trade-in involved or if this is just going to be a sole purchase. Um, and whether that sole purchase is going to be for somebody else besides them, like their kids, so on and so forth. So, with that being said, um, I do say with that being said a lot, don't I? Well, anyways, the car that they're trading in, if they are trading in a car, start asking them questions about that car. Hey, what is, it, what, what is it about this car, your car that you're trading in, that you love? And the reason why you want to do that, you want to stand that out. You want to make those, you want to make those the hot buttons on the new car they bought. What about your car that you don't like that you wish you had in your... New car. And the reason why you do that is you find also more hot buttons to go over. Whether it be safety features, whether it be uh, amenities that we talked about, navigation, um, whether they'll be able to sync their phone, all sorts of different things. Um, make sure you find out what those things are, okay? Now that you're going down the list, uh, I always ask this question. Hey, the vehicle that you're gonna be trading it in, um, do you still have a lien on it or do you own the title to it? Um, and they go, what do you mean a lien? Is Are you still paying the banks uh, the, you, are you still paying the banks to purchase this vehicle? Uh, and if they go, well, yeah, I'm still, I'm still making payments to the bank. Okay, cool. Um, do you mind me asking, uh, try not to get too personal here, but do you mind me asking what your current car payment is on that vehicle? Now, here's the key thing. When you do ask them that question, whatever they say next, this is the next thing that you say. If they say, man, my car payment is $900 on a, a Ford Fiesta, you go, man, how did you get your car payments so low? And the reason why you say that is, is you'll start digging information out of them right after that. Um, they go, what do you mean? Well, most customers, they typically have a car payment that's a little bit um, higher than that. Um, did you do it with a, you know, a trade-in or did you have a cash down on the last, last purchase? And the reason why you ask that specific question right there is because you know that they put cash down on it and you might be able to get cash down this, this time on it. Um, so with that, the customer um, will give you that information. Um, if it's paid off, say, man, that's awesome. Um, that's cool. I didn't know where to go with that. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, show them that, you know, they make good decisions. 
whether it be a high car payment that you know is higher than usual or whether it be a low car payment, make sure you're showing them that. Um, and then also ask them specific questions about the vehicle. So the vehicle that you're trading in, um, was there any uh, damage done to it um, that you know you had a little fender bender, so on and so forth, um, that might show up on the Carfax? Uh, and the reason why you do that is, is you're trying to devalue the trade. Not in their mind at that point in time, but you will let them know that. They'll also tell you the good things about it. Hey, I just got the tires changed. Uh, those are brand new tires on that vehicle or I just did my uh, last service about a thousand miles ago. And they'll give you all that information that you need uh, for later on. So with that being said, once again, me using that word again, um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna review over a few things because uh, I don't think there's anything more I need to go with the needs assessment. Um, when you have done the needs assessment um, and you want to go get the manager at that time, that's when you sit there and you do get the manager and you bring them out and set, have them say hi. Um, make sure you review over the vehicle with them that they want to purchase. So now that you've done the needs assessment and you find out what kind of the car they want, make sure you review all this stuff. Make sure you highlight what they want. And then also on the trade-in, make sure you know what the trade-in is and how they got the car payment so low. Um, so as of right now, I probably might have some points later on that I might review back when I continue this series on, on the, uh, the 11, 10, 12, whatever steps to the sale that I might hit back and, and hit. I wrote down some notes here, so I'm just, I'm not winging it, but I'm kind of winging it a little bit. So, but let's, let's review real quick. Um, like I said, you had the meet and greet. So make sure you're doing that properly. Ask them if they're here to see somebody. That way you're not skating somebody at the dealership. You do not want to create that culture early on for you at the dealership. Uh, make sure you introduce yourself properly to both, both parties. If there's kids, introduce yourselves to them too. Um, get them in the dealership. 95% of the time, turn around, start walking to the dealership. People are going to follow you like sheep. They will come to the dealership with it, will you? Once you get them in the dealership, you're gonna go grab the manager right away or grab a piece of paper, notepad, and do a needs assessment because you have to put them into car research. Um, not car research, the CRM that you're using, sorry. Um, when you do that needs assessment, find out you know, what they are looking for um, by you know, trim level, so on and so forth. And the other thing is, is your customers are more educated than what they've ever been. They typically are gonna know what they want um, before you even before you even start asking them, but for those that don't, this really helps you out. And then the form, the family, occupation, recreation, motivation. What are the things that brought them out to buy a car today? And then the very last thing is to get to know what the trade in is. And the key word to what I told you about the trade in was was um, when they tell you what their payment is, their current payment on that is. Man, you always gotta ask, man, how did you get it so low? Um, and those are just some of the key things that I did when I first started selling cars that I think really helped me out and be successful. Um, other than that, if y'all have any additional questions, like I said, don't be afraid to hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I do check all those at any point in time. Tony Story on Facebook with an IE, Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. On Instagram, same thing, Tony Story, but you can find me at TNTDad2728. And the very last one is going to be on LinkedIn. Um, and you can find me at Tony, at Tony Story there. So, um, the one, the one saying I like to leave y'all out with is what, 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 what? We all win when we all win. Man, I sounded so mumbled. Y'all probably think I'm drunk on Thanksgiving Day. I haven't even drank uh, a, a a shot of a drink of anything, so I have not been drinking. I think I get cotton mouth. So at the end of the times I start talking, it, I think my my words start to mumble. Also, make sure y'all leave me a review, 
whether it be on iTunes, that's the only thing I ask you all to pay forward for me. Um, I don't get paid for this as of right now. I might get sponsors later on. I don't know. But other than that, please pay it forward. Make sure you share this with somebody that's either in the car business or joining the car business. Somebody that can value from this and either A, you know that they're at a, a plateau in their career and they could be boosted up a little bit. And then when I get done with this five-part series, I'm going to publish this on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but what I want y'all to do is let me know people that you would like for me to interview, whether it be a finance manager, a sales manager, a GM of a specific dealership. That way we can um, kind of get the word out there of what it is I'm trying to do. And I want to also take what other people that have done to be successful and I want to kind of get them out there in front of you. That way you can have, I'm not going to have all the questions, all the answers to every question. I think I'm an expert in my field, uh, but I still have things I have to learn and that I need to learn. There's things I ask my new car director every once in a while. There's things I ask, you know, even the finance managers that I even I've been in there before. I still need to ask them questions. And I also listen to what they have to say and, and different techniques. So make sure you're always learning. But like I said, if you have somebody specific you'd like for me to interview that I could try to get on here um, that might be out of my realm, please let me know because I'd, I'd love to do that. So once again, make sure y'all give me a good review if you'd like to. If you uh, want some different information, don't, don't be afraid to hit me up or in that review, let me know what it is you would like for um, me to record and let y'all uh, find out what my insight is on it, so on and so forth. I hope I've gotten a little bit better for y'all also. I'm trying to get the, the, the ums out of there, the mumbling, so on and so forth. But like I said, um, I do appreciate y'all for taking the time to listen to me. And like I said, pass this on to somebody that you think might be able to use this. And like I've said in the past, y'all know what I like to say. We all win when we all win. And I'm about to do my outro music. Um, it's very hard to do this. So, all right. Peace out. fix this right now i know that's not what y'all are used to i'm trying to actually just turn it down so anyways um technical errors technical difficulties um i don't know what's going on right now that was really weird all right so i don't think this is gonna work guys there it goes i got it peace out we all win when we all win you can make fun of this later on.